and welcome to episode six of PawneeCast. On this month's episode, Dr. Brianna Reister shares her experience working at The Botanist, a local medical dispensary. Dr. Reister highlights the unique aspects of her job and also helps clear up some common misconceptions about this type of work. I hope you all enjoy. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us on PawneeCast. I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. It's so exciting. So before we get started with the main discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself professionally and uh, personally? Yeah, so I'm from Buffalo. I graduated Clarence High School in 2012. I went to UB for pre-pharmacy studies, did that for three years, and then went to Duville, where you were actually one of my professors. So that's super exciting. And then I graduated there 2019 from graduation, you know, and after my boards, I didn't really have a a set job lined up. I was kind of bouncing around at internships and things like that. And then, you know, the position I'm at now fell in my lap and I got super lucky with it. So I just, I like to share it with people because it's an interesting job for sure. What is your favorite drug? Favorite drug? I put a lot of thought into this. I, I have to go with Miralax, honestly. Because, because the past few years, I think we know, like, you know, things have been hard. Things can get a little tough. Miralax just keeps things running smooth, no bumps in the road, you know. What are you reading or watching right now? So I'm really not much of a reader. I always try, but then I never finish the book. So I was just binging all the classic Christmas movies. The Grinch is my all-time favorite. So now I have to get back into an actual show. So I think I'm going to go Dexter. There's a new one out. So I want to get back into that. It's really, really good, that show. So I'm going to start that again, I think. I heard the ending was a little bit iffy. So I'm kind of glad that there's a a new season. I think they'll be fixing things. What's a fun fact about you? Fun fact. This was also, I feel like, another hard one that I had to think about. It's very odd. I physically, I cannot burp. Like, I just, I don't. I, for some reason, I can probably count on my hand the amount of times I've burped in my adult life that I remember. It's, it's very odd. I just, it, I just can't. I can't. I don't know why. Can you tell us more about where you work and the type of work that you do there? Yes. So I'm a pharmacist at a medical cannabis dispensary. It's the botanist. It's um, the only one in the city limit. So there's a few other ones in Buffalo. There's two in the North Towns, and then we're the ones in the city. A lot of people think that that's where you go to actually get prescribed or to get your script recommendation. That's not how it works. You have to go to a doctor first, and then the doctor will prescribe you, give you the script, or it's actually called a recommendation. And then from there, they have to go, the patient has to go on the New York State website, register themselves, and then they get their own little card that allows them into every dispensary. So you're not like limited to one dispensary. You can come to us. You can go to all the other ones. You can go anywhere you want in New York State. So that's kind of a cool thing about it. Also then, you know, when they come into us is really where our job kind of comes into play. So they'll come in, they'll fill out some patient document intake forms, just kind of get like their history, what they're trying to treat, what their goals are, you know, and from there, we'll kind of run through a plan with them. A lot has to do with their daily activities or, you know, like I said, what they're trying to treat, achieve. So what works into their lifestyle, whether it's easier for them to take capsule every day or if they want to do a powder or, you know, something like that. So it's, there's a lot of 
it's very patient-centered and patient-centered care and everyone is so different. So you really have to sit and chat with the patient and, you know, kind of look at them individually. It's not just, you can't cluster everybody. So it's very, you know, focused in that way. So that's why I like it. And a lot of people don't know that. So that's, that's a cool thing. People might not assume that it is as individualized as, as it seems. No, I mean, you, the, the amount of people that, you know, when I tell I work there, they're like, oh, so you just, you just give out weed all day. Like people just come smoke <laughs> it. I'm like, you know, it's literally not it at all. I love to inform people, you know what I mean? And how did you come to have this job? So I got really lucky. I was, like I said before, I was kind of not in a stable, you know, pharmacy job. I was bouncing from, you know, internship to internship and being a graduate intern. And then all of a sudden in about, I think it was like October 2019, um, an old preceptor reached out to me from my P1 year. It was an IPPE in a hospital. I was only with him for one week. And he reached out to me and said that, you know, he was no longer where he was previously when I was a student. He was now head pharmacist at a cannabis dispensary, wanted to know if I was interested. And it was always something that interests me, you know. Um, I always wanted to do a little bit more research on it when I was in school. And I just always did my own reading on it and learning and stuff. So I, I jumped at the opportunity and, and I, I landed it. Definitely goes to show the importance of uh, networking and making a good impression. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because your position deals with medical marijuana, that's not something that's really taught a lot in school. Mm -hmm. Did you feel that it was like a difficult transition or how did you make that transition to kind of knowing more about the, the subject? Right, right. I don't know if I would say difficult. I think that anybody can learn it. You know, us as pharmacists in school, we're, we're all kind of have the same sort of ability to adapt kind of way. And, you know, it's still a general kind of medical practice where there's still basic things, you know, you still are dealing with duration and how long it's going to take to kick in and all this stuff. So it, it kind of all rolls in the same thing. I think it was more learning the products about it, you know, and the different types of strains were a little bit, you know, something that I had to do my own work on. So I don't know if I would say difficult, but it definitely requires you to be, you know, attentive and, and it's training. It's it just, you have to watch it. It's nothing that can really be taught. I don't think, you know what I mean? And all about how you counsel a patient it, the whole thing is counseling. So, I mean, we did that all at pharmacy school. So I'm just changing my words a little bit now. <laughs> maybe not a Sinopril anymore, but maybe, you know, a sativa plant. So it's a little bit different. <laughs> Was there like a specialized course that you took? Yeah. So there's a, there's a four hour course that you have to take to get certified in it. And then you can, you're considered, you know, medical marijuana certified. So I think that's just, it was on the New York state website. So you just do that and then, you know, you're good to go. And it just kind of goes through what the different strains, what they can treat, you know, basic stuff like that. It's, it's really anybody with our kind of background could get the hang of it. It's definitely something that can be taught. What's your favorite thing about your job and what kind of gets you excited to wake up every morning and go to work? So I feel like, I'm really helping people, you know, like you see the gratitude that they have and, and the progression of them. I've, I've never been one to really be in a retail setting. That was never me. And I, I commend the people who do it because it's such tough work, but like, 
it was just a very redundant thing when I did IPPE. So I knew that I wanted to be more kind of patient centered and hands-on. So this is, you get used to the same patients coming Mm -hmm. in all the time. They came in for their first consult, I don't know, say maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago. And then they come in later and they're walking a little bit better. They don't think, you know, they're not as much pain. They're a lot happier. It's just, it's a very rewarding process. And I think that that's what I love the most about it. I mean, anything in the medical field can be rewarding, but it's so, it's so hands-on. It's a different type of feeling. You know what I mean? It's just the gratitude is, is great. And to see the success that people have is, it it feels like a miracle, honestly, you know, because they come to us when when they're at their wits end and they've tried every other option, you know, the opioids, they're getting addicted to them or they're not working or, you know, their surgery isn't an option. So it's people are, are coming to us just exhausted mentally and physically. And I like helping, you know. Seems very rewarding, especially when you have that much input into their care and then you see the direct result of everything that you kind of did. Yes, absolutely. And the greatest part, I think, also is that So on the prescription or the recommendation, the doctor can either make it limited as to what they want the patient to have specifically, or they can leave it and write per pharmacist consultation. So with that, that kind of makes me the practitioner, right? I'm really making their plan, diving in, you know, deciding what's going to be best for them. And then it's kind of all up to me. So I get kind of the you know, the, the practitioner and the pharmacist all together. It's, it's great. It's very cool. Nerve wracking at first, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the first time it just tends to control my hands were like mm-hmm. shaking. I know. And I'm the one who's like deciding what it is. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Speaking of patients, can you share any memorable patient stories or patient encounters? It's so, it's so hard to just pick one because you know, there's, there's so many that have such success. The other pharmacist that I work with, he deals a lot with the pediatric population. And so a lot with children who have seizures. So they come in, their parents come in and their kids are having seizures multiple times a day. And, you know, the child is exhausted. The parents are mentally exhausted. And then, you know, we'll give them this little bit of this tincture and they'll give it to their child, mix it in some juice and their seizures significantly decrease. So it's just, You know, it ranges from that to an elderly patient who comes in wheelchair bound. And the next time I see her, she's on a cane and, you know, she's it's there's so many different things that you it's it's so hard to pick one. And they're all so thankful and and they really show their gratitude. You know, we get Christmas cards, we get cards for everything. They call us and they leave us messages and you've changed my life. And, you know, it's it's amazing. It's it's can't I can't I can't just pick one. It's impossible. (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it seems kind of like a miracle type type of situation, essentially, kind of. Yes, that is. But and the also thing, though, is like what I want to stress is it it is absolutely I think, you know, people call it a miracle drug. It isn't going to work for everybody, you know, there. But that's like every prescription. drug. Mm-hmm. So a lot of patients will come to us and and, you know, kind of expect it to already help. And if it doesn't help within a week, they're like well, what the heck, I just wasted all this money. So I think that's, you know, kind of the tough part about it is that people want to see results because they're sick of waiting. You know, like I said, they're at, they're at their last, their last option. And so 
that is is something to stress is that it's it's not going to absolutely help everybody it, right. take the edge off it'll you know make you a little bit happier but it's not going to cure you you know so that's a difficult part to explain are there any misconceptions about your job i'm sure there are oh yeah i think i've come in contact with a lot of people who think it's just a load of baloney you know like it doesn't work, you know, it's all for the money, blah, blah, blah. A lot of healthcare professionals too, honestly, who feel that way. And then I, you know, it's also just like the older population yeah. where they see it as taboo and all that. But like I said, every time I, I tell somebody and if you get a non-believer, whatever you want to call it, I don't know, they, they think, you know, I'm dealing with patients all day that come in, just want to smoke it and, and get high, you know? There's a fine line, I think, between the the people who who support it and really advocate for it. And then the people who think, you know, I would never touch that. It doesn't work. It's not all about people that, you know, just want to get stoned. It's, it's really helps people get out of bed in the morning, you know, and it, it's for, for cancer patients going through chemo, it is like life-saving to them. So it, it's difficult to, to, to see and hear people kind of, you know, when I tell them what I do and they just kind of trash it. <laughs> so I feel like I have to stick up for it in a sense, but you know, it, it's also people are only going to learn more about it on their own terms. They have to be more open-minded and do the research on it. So, you know, I just, I do what I can and I just keep doing my job. And, and, and hopefully the good word spreads. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's also like a ton of more CEs that are coming up and talks about it. Like, you know, obviously this one, also on other platforms that I've seen. So the more that those get out, you know, more people will listen to those. What advice would you give to someone wanting to pursue a similar career? So like I said, that four hour course would be something good to get under your belt. I don't think a lot of places like require you to have it right away, but it would be kind of good, you know, to get your foot in the door. It's honestly, you know, like I said, all about networking and connecting. To pharmacy students especially, I am a testament to show that it's so important to make a good impression on on all of your preceptors because you never know what it's going to lead to. The pharmacy world is so small. I remember you guys always telling us that in in class and I was like, yeah, whatever. Like that's a, that's no no way. No one's going to know me. And here I am. Like, I mean, that's how I got my job. So you're always going to know somebody who's going to know somebody who's going to know you. So it really, it's, it's all about networking, just getting yourself out there. Don't be afraid to, you know, speak your voice. I, when I was in school, I remember that I talked to this preceptor that got me the job about medical marijuana. And then from there, you know, he opened up and said that he was a huge advocate for it. So it was all about me kind of first initiating it and telling him that, you know, I believed in it. And so you just really got to voice your opinion and stick to your guns and it all work out. And in general, is there any advice that you could impart on the audience? Hmm. I feel like I've, you know, I probably said it, but like I said, just do your own research. There, there's a lot of literature out there now and studies and, and everything. Also, don't judge a book by its cover because you never know what somebody's going through. I mean, we have patients who come in who are recovering, you know, addicts from opioids that they were prescribed for a, a minor injury and looking at them, you would never know, you know what I mean? And now here we are, we're trying to wean them off of them and get them onto something a little bit more natural. So I think that's something just don't, 
don't judge people. You never know what's going on behind closed doors. I do think that back to, you know, the more medical marijuana aspect, there's still a lot of work required to, you know, transform the reputation of cannabis, you know, into a more mainstream medicinal treatment. When I meet people and they're like, oh, so you just hand out joints all day. Like, no, absolutely not. We don't even have joints in our store. It's all like, I mean, they just started to, to legalize flour and like whole flour. So the actual buds, but I mean, it, it's, it's obviously popular, but there's a lot more people that want something oral because it's going to last them longer throughout the day. So there's capsules, there's powders, there's tinctures, chewable tablets, gummies. So it really all comes down to the patient. And I kind of chat with them and see what they're more comfortable with. A lot of the older population, as you would imagine, isn't comfortable with the smoking because I think, you know, it's their generation. And it's also, you know, if you can avoid it, you don't have to put anything in your lungs. I love my job. I'm very happy with where I'm at. I couldn't, couldn't picture myself anywhere different. That's for sure. It's also when the shoe fits and it's kind of like, you're like, this is exactly where, where I need to be. Exactly. Because I mean, all through pharmacy school, I loved it. And I loved, you know, helping people and counseling and all that. But I also felt like, do I want to be in a pharmacy every day for the rest of my life? Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I got lucky with where I'm at. So I'm, I'm halfway in between. And I think also the really cool part is before pharmacy school, I wanted to become a geriatric doctor. That's what I wanted to do was deal with the older population. So then I always thought to myself, okay, well, you know, I worked in a nursing home and I realized I'm way too emotional and I could not handle losing a geriatric patient. So I was like, what's halfway? So then I thought of pharmacy and now where I'm at in pharmacy, my main population, honestly, I think is a lot of elderly people. So I really, I lucked out in that sense. I got the best of both worlds. So you mentioned that you've got like tinctures and pills and capsules. Do y'all compound that or do you outsource that? Outsourced. Yeah. So we have the botanist has like, we have our own, you know, facility, our plant is in Syracuse, but then we get like wholesale products that already come packaged from other, you know, dispensaries or, you know, patients. So it's, it, we don't ever see anything. Everything is sealed up in the vault. So patients are always kind of like, Oh, well, can I look at it first? And like, no, I don't even know what it looks like. We're starting to now with hopefully the recreational mark, market is going to go into play. I, I have no idea when, but I think this year at some point we'll have a lot more, you know, access to different things. So like edible type of deals. So the, the older population loves the idea of like brownies and cookies. I mean, that's all they ask for. So it's not currently allowed in New York state yet. So once that goes into play, you know, I think those will be a huge, huge, huge advantage to the, those older people. If you have any feedback on this episode or any other episode of the podcast, feel free to email the show directly at pawneecast at gmail.com. You can also connect directly with the Pharmacist Association of Western New York, both on Facebook and Instagram at PawneeRx. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app to let others know about the show. I would also encourage all of you to check out episode five, where we discuss some new evidence regarding the use of SGLT2 inhibitors in heart failure with preserved ejection fraction. And if you're listening before April 26th, you might even be able to get some CE credit. Stay warm out there, folks. 
We'll see you next month when the weather will hopefully be above 10 degrees Fahrenheit.